what I want to share about today, we've been talking about how to find our grounding and our strength that allows us to face the challenges in the world um, that we're living in, whether they're personal or whether they're, they're global. Uh, there's a lot up and we really need to be deeply intentional about knowing where our resourcefulness lies in, in meeting this. And one of the um, um, pieces that I really wanted to, to share is the importance of our values as giving us that sense of, of a strength of meeting the world. And, and what I was going to say is I'm sure that kind of putting this together was part of what made yesterday with my daughter so beautiful was to feel like I went into what could be a very challenging day because of the particular issues that were, were present, um, like being grounded, really grounded in how I wanted to, how I cared about how I showed up. So it's, it's interesting how different my understanding of the role of an ethical foundation of life is now compared to when I was a child. When I was growing up, the ethical foundation was what you should do if you were going to be a good person. Um, and it was very much about expectations and that has utterly flipped to this is what allows me to be my most whole, most um, available, compassionate self that I want to be. Uh, so I really want to explore uh, some of how our values help us face the world. When I was growing up, uh, I spent a lot of time in Sunday school church and I remember very vividly the way the story of the Ten Commandments was, was given to me and my understanding of it um, um, as a child. And so if you don't know the story of Moses and the Ten Commandments, um, the Israelites had escaped from bondage from Egypt and were wandering in the desert. And that time of wandering was a time of a lot of confusion, a lot of hardship, a lot of challenge, a lot of feeling lost. Uh, and and the, the memory I have very vividly of how the story was shared with me was, therefore, God shared with Moses the Ten Commandments to give a sense, a foundation something that could be held on to in terms of navigating that difficult time. It's a very powerful story of how our ethics can be a compass uh, when we need it. And this, this kind of part of how we, how we face the challenges in the world started a, f a few weeks ago when we looked at Antonovsky and what he found allowed people to um, manage in as 
whole of a way of possible, extreme stress. And part of that was having a clear sense of meaning and purpose. So just another way that that, that moral compass is a, a real boon in difficult times, in difficult situations. Again, whether it's personal or whether it's managing the global world. One of the things that fascinates me and many, many others is how when you look at the core of spiritual traditions throughout time, you know, throughout whatever has been recorded, there are, there is this core of, of ethical trainings at a foundation. There is a core teaching on compassion, on integrity, on, on care uh, that comes up when we look at what matters to us the most again and again and again and again in a very powerful way all around the world. There is some form of the golden rule evident in every major monotheistic religion and some form of the golden rule in most other traditions that we know about. Uh, I found some website that gave this just beautiful list of traditions around the world and ways, the different ways the golden rule has been said. And it was just so... um, it was so helpful for me to just read that I want to share some of these with you. From the Tamal tradition, why does one hurt others knowing what it is to be hurt? Buddhism, whatever is disagreeable to yourself, do not do unto others. Confucianism, basically the same thing. Do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. Christianity, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jainism, in happiness and sorrow, in joy and in pain, we should consider every creature as we consider ourselves. Judaism, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against your kinsfolk, Love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord, which is obviously the roots for the, the, the Christian version. Hinduism. One should never do something to others that one would regard as an injury to one's own self. In brief, this is the Dharma. Anything else is succumbing to desire. Islam. None of you will believe until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. In Native American, there's obviously multiple versions of respect for every form of life as the foundation of practice. I love this one. This is from West Africa, um, Yoruba. I don't know how you say that. If someone stings a bird with a sharp stick, he should first try it on himself and realize how badly it hurts. Shintoism. Be charitable to all beings. Love is the representation of God. Seek. 
I am a stranger to no one, and no one is a stranger to me. Indeed, I am a friend to all. You know, for me, reading those, hearing those, it's like coming home. When I was writing this, I was kind of lost in the little bit of muckiness of, of kind of the, the, the stuff going on in the house at that moment. Uh, and just reading these, these different versions of a human truth that has been shared for eons, something just cleared for me. There is a way when we spend a right kind of time contemplating our relationship with our deepest values, with what we care about the most, it has this clearing effect. It sort of is a defogger about what really matters. In Buddhism, the word for ethics is sila. And I'll never forget hearing a teacher um, not too long ago say, um, that sila is, um, is inner beauty or harmony. What a beautiful way of understanding what ethics are. And that's that kind of clearing effect. We come in touch with an inner beauty that's already here. Part of that inner beauty, that harmony that comes from Living a living relationship with our ethical um, values is it is a simple protection from the guilt, the shame, the regret <laughs> that comes from when we behave in other ways. I can tell you plenty of times that I have done a day trip with my daughter like I did um, yesterday that didn't go so well and there there wasn't a sense of inner beauty when I when I got out of the car at the end of it. And and that that protection from not going to those places that don't feel so good, that's powerful. But there's also something um, more than just that. It puts us in touch with a core part of our being that has a natural strength to it that's powerful in and of itself and and healing in terms of all the things that we have to face and, and meet in our life. So this idea of ethics as a path to our own inner beauty, our own inner harmony, harmony our own inner healing, um, that's a powerful call to really know for yourself what your values are and then figuring out how you manifest them, how we all manifest them. Um, whether it's in our larger arc of our life or in our small day-to-day -day choices, um, how to allow all of these to be an act of healing love. From the Dhammapada, uh, it says, and talking about wise action born of ethical, of the foundation of sila, of ethical foundation, it says, do not ignore the effect of each wise action saying, this will come to nothing. Just as by the gradual fall of raindrops, the water jar is filled. So in time, the wise become replete with good. 
That to me is very reminiscent of, I shared this um, from Chris Abani, this really stayed with me, Nigerian poet who lived through um, imprisonment in devastating conditions. Uh, powerful person to, to hear his story. The world is never saved in grand messianic gestures, but in the accumulation of gentle, soft, almost invisible acts of compassion, everyday acts of compassion. <clears throat> you know, I just can't afford to worry about whether my gestures are making a difference on a grand or messianic scale. I just need to know that my choices matter in a small way and then live them as best as I can. When I was growing up, um, we went to church every Sunday and church was a very, very powerful part of our family life and my upbringing. And part of what I valued tremendously from that, and I knew as a child I valued this, I was aware of this, um, was the reminder from an institution in my life that values mattered, that how we lived and walked really mattered. And I know for many of us, not all, but for many of us, for a lot of reasons, we've left our religious institutions. And just speaking for myself, there's a sort of visceral loss of not having that larger structured reminder of foundation values um, every week. I find it in other ways. But I have to make sure I'm, I'm connecting, that I'm making that, that um, very intentional way of, of making this a part of my life. Um, and in some ways, you know, maybe that's even a, a different kind of powerful route. There's not a passive, just it's being delivered to you. It's that you have to engage with, with it. And in some ways, that's, that's kind of the, the most important route is how do we engage with what we care about in a meaningful way. I like um, one practice from Buddhism, which is taking the five precepts. Lots of retreats, if you go on, they practice this five precepts. And at the beginning of the retreat, they will share the five precepts. And then, especially at a Thich Nhat Hanh retreat, this is one of my favorite parts of, of this practice. They'll have one person share how they have worked in their own life with one of each of the precepts and what their interpretation for them has, has meant, what, it has, what light it has shown on their life, um, where they struggle with it. Uh, and it's a real living testimony or a testament to the power of taking on an intentional practice of living by precepts. So the five in this, in this um, um, version, refrain from taking life, refrain from taking what is not given, refrain from the misuse of the senses, not having too much sensual pleasure, refrain from wrong speech, and refrain from intoxicants that cloud the mind. 
while I love the practice and appreciate engaging with it, there's a way that these five precepts are, are framed in the negative and they don't explicitly include the golden rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a beautiful invitation here, but I need something, for me, I need it expressed in a different way um, to be my root to practice. Uh, so I really offer this as a what's your way of knowing some sort of intentional practice that lets you be reminded regularly what are my deepest values what do I care about what are my version of a five precepts that I am using as a guide day by day, again and again. We're not meant to just listen and nod our heads and say, yes, that sounds good. Um, I agree with that. We're really meant to find some way to make this a living practice. Much like uh, at the Thich Nhat Hanh retreats when somebody does give testimony to how they've engaged with a particular precept in their life. So I really invite you to pause for a moment and just consider for yourself, is there some intentional practice that you have engaged with or you do engage with now that brings your values alive for you in a useful way to give a strength to your day? And if that's not here yet, how might you work with that? How might this become part of your practice for you? We live in a challenging world and we need to know our resources and our strengths. A path to knowing our own inner beauty Harmony is a beautiful path to walk on.